What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, uh, God, I just, it, this is so funny. The, the delay on zoom is just killing me right now. Uh, folks, folks who are listening on the, on the Apple podcast app or Spotify, uh, you can't tell, you can't tell the, what's going on here, but we're in lockdown, lockdown 2.0, 3.0, I guess here in Nova Scotia. And so we're recording from separate places once again. For some fucking reason, there's no internet here at Sick Boy headquarters, so I'm hot spotting this recording, and uh, and this is boring. I'm bored now of hearing myself talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought you were talking about lockdown being boring, and I was I was gonna say, yeah, it's weird this time to not be able to associate with anybody outside Mm. of your house. That's like a new level of lockdown. We I've actually experienced before. Yeah, we, we have. I've actually been quite enjoying it though so far. Um, uh, I'm locked down with with Leah, um, and and you know she she works from home, and I I can work from home to a certain degree, 
Uh, and I come up here and work from the office and then we spend our evenings like we've got three shows on the go right now. Three fucking Ooh. series on the go and all three what, are, are phenomenal. Uh, zero, zero, zero. Right. It, it's on Prime. Okay. It's fucking great. If you love, if you love like cartel, like crime drama, it's, it's top tier. Really good. And then I'm watching Mayor of Easttown which is Kate Winslet probably at her oh, at her yeah. greatest. It's it's an HBO series yeah. and it is whew, it is heavy. It's good. Um again, cry, cr- true crime kind of like not true crime, obviously it's a it's fiction, but um uh cr- you know, crime mystery. And then uh a comedy to kind of like a palate cleanser, which is uh, Made for Love, which uh when I'm done that series, I think I think you should watch it too. I think we should talk about it on the show because it's like Okay. It's a very, uh, it's a very fun sort of Black Mirror esque, but but funny uh, type show that is again an HBO Max special. But if you're up here in Canada, you can watch it on Prime. So yeah, I got those three series going on, and then Leah and I are also playing a video game together, which we've been playing. I, I think I mentioned on the podcast a while back. Uh, it takes two. Yeah. And so we're still trying to get oh, through yeah. that game. It's fucking awesome, and it's been really nice. And the weather, you know, the weather's been nicer here. So we're getting out, getting for walks and stuff, which is still mm-hmm. good. Um, so it hasn't been that bad. No. I miss you. Yeah, you I miss you too. came over for a campfire the other night. And that that was, even that felt like we were doing something we weren't supposed to be doing. Um, but I, yeah, I just, it's, it's, you're pretty much the only person I miss because everybody else I miss is out of the province. So yeah. I can't really, um, I haven't been able to see them for months and months, but yeah, yeah I think this particular go around, um, I'm, you know, I've been off the booze since, uh, January. I had a couple of nights of, of, I had one night, one dinner party night where I had a couple of glasses of wine. And then the other night at the campfire, I had a, 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 a I want to say a glass, but I drank it straight out of the bottle, um, <laughs> of yeah. wine and it makes my skin just like feel fucking awful. So huh. the eczema that I have, it just makes, it makes it so much itchier. So I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm like officially cutting back on smoking cannabis. Cause I know that, um, uh, maybe this is a bomb to drop for listeners, but I'm looking at going back to school in the fall and I want to give my all to that. And I think my memory and my brain and my focus will really benefit yeah. from not having that. In why, my life, why don't so. you let the listeners know what you're going to school for, Brad? I'm going to school to train to be a dominatrix, a professional dominatrix. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You heard it here first. How cool is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm lying. But after the conversation we just had with today's guest, I yeah. am seriously reevaluating my choices. Although, although there might be still something in there in that conversation, a little light bulb did go off for me because what I'm actually going to school for is, um, to be an RMT, a registered massage therapist, um, as a stepping stone to, a much longer goal that I've had for a long time, which is to be an osteopath. But I've been thinking about it a lot because, you know, you make a, you make a commitment to something and you're like, okay, I'm doing this and then I'm doing this and this is the trajectory, but who knows what will change? I don't know what RMT school will present. And maybe there will be, you know, there's been other stuff on my radar, like other, 
movement modalities um, and other sort of things that are in this adjacent field to massage, who Mm. knows, maybe I'll go a completely different direction. But osteo has been something I've been really curious about for a long time. But after today's conversation with Mistress Eva, I... She was talking about how she knows other health professionals yeah. that are also dominatrixes, yep. and uh, and I I got intrigued by the idea of being able to um, to bring people in for sessions for RMT sessions uh, and and have them be able to write it off on their insurance or whatever and maybe throw in a little I don't know is flagellation the right word. Is that the word? Flat to flagellate. I mean, I think flagellation is uh, is isn't it a specific is that the right a word? specific action of like of of I'm I, I, maybe I'm conflating it with yeah like with a whipping with a like a flail. Flagellation. I know the term self flagellation. Um, flogging. Yeah, yeah flogging. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I am thinking the right thing. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also, yeah, I, just, I mean, just before I forget to say this, yeah, go for it. Can, can I say this? Um, yeah. I, I had to do labor market interviews with other massage therapists that I know, cause I'm applying to get funding to go to school and it requires you to justify that this is a, 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 a viable career. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the first things that came up in my first labor market interview was how often still folks don't know the difference between therapeutic massage and masseuse masseuse like sex work yeah, masseusing yeah. Mm-hmm. so like still to the like to this day there and it hadn't occurred to me because i know culturally there are there are places where going to get a massage means something different mm. than getting a massage from to a, us is like fr- from maintenance a masseuse. now yeah. yeah yeah i went to, i went to see the masseuse once and, uh, yeah. there were elements that were very similar to the times I've gone to see an RMT. Um, but then yeah. it changed when they got naked and, uh, milked my penis. So. Right. It's a little different. I wonder if there'll be any of that in my future. I mean, <laughs> not that I'll be able to talk about it on the show, but, uh, but you know, you know, I've always got one toe in the in the waters yeah, yeah, there of, yeah, I of do, sex work. I do. Well, that, uh, congrats, <laughs> uh, babe. That's really great. You're, I'm excited for this new adventure that you're going to be on. Um, and yeah. you know, again, it, all the free massages you're going to get. I hope so. God damn. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really great. You're following your dreams, which I think is important. And, uh, we hope that all of you out there listening right now are following your dreams, whatever those may be, uh, because life is short. And nothing matters. So uh, just, you know, make it, make it fucking, make it worth it. Um, hey, let's talk about the Justin Lay Miller podcast that you and I had just recently listened mm. to. I think it's very interesting uh, for the reason that we are still within this global pandemic. And a lot of the things that were talked about on the podcast surrounded how COVID has shaped um, sexuality and dating in the modern world. Um, and I thought it to be quite fascinating. Brad, why don't you give us a little rundown on, uh, first of all, on, on who Justin Lee Miller is in case people have been living under a rock and haven't been listening to the podcast. 
and what this episode was all about and what did you take from it? Rad. Okay. So Justin Lay Miller is a psychologist um, and researcher uh, for the Kinsey Institute. And he also has a podcast called Sex and Psychology. It's so good. Um, it really he, is great. He's like a pussycat. His voice is like a purr. He's got a great podcasting mm. voice. It's so so easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he you know, he obviously has a wealth of knowledge and in that like brain of his, uh, but the information that comes through is really accessible and really, really, um, insightful. Um, so this particular episode that you're talking about is episode 30, the future of sex and relationships. And the guests on this podcast are, um, a representative from Cosmo, um, which, many of you have probably heard of Cosmo has been, um, catering that magazine to young women for, I don't know, I want to say like a hundred years, but probably not that Mm. long. And, uh, and, and also a doctor and researcher with the Kinsey Institute. So they've collaborated. They did some research um, together. Uh, they they surveyed 2,000 Americans, I believe, mm-hmm. um, across a diverse population and uh, on, on the future of what sex and relationships looks like. And I found it really interesting. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Did, did you also find it? <laughs> there, yeah. There's a, there's quite a delay with Zoom. So, uh, but yes, I oh, also copy. did. I also did find it quite interesting. Um, uh, what did you hear that kind of stuck out to you, Bride? It's been a, it's been like a week. To be honest with you, it's been like a week and a half since I've listened to it, and um, and I have a shit memory. But I but uh, just so jog my memory, please. Yeah, I, it's also been a, a little while since I listened to it. I did write some notes, so I'm just peeking around here for one. One of the things that one of the first things that stuck out to me was um, that moving forward, the majority of people surveyed said that they are plan to continue to vet dates by video. So having their first meeting be on video and mm. before meeting in person, and um, and taking a longer time to meet people. And a longer time to have sex with someone. That I found really interesting because you'd you'd kind of assume that maybe we'd all be super sick of talking to people online, but uh, also it it makes sense. Like if you are gonna be in someone's bubble, you yeah. want to make sure it's worth what that means. Yeah, so. <clears throat> yeah. I had and I had that. Exp- I had a, a that. Sure. I have the, I had that experience during COVID, like during the first lockdown where I had like a, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the show or not, but I had a, I had a, like a zoom date, a FaceTime date with someone that I had never <clears throat> met in person. And, um, she taught me how to cook banana bread on our date. And, and then when it was, when the banana bread was done, we ate it together and it was like, it was, it was, it, it was a really, how did you, oh, did you also make banana? Yeah, bread? we both. Yeah. She taught me how to make it. I was making it. She was making it at the same time. And then the, when the banana loaf was done, we both enjoyed some hot, fresh, hot banana bread and, uh, and each other's company. And then, and then eventually 
uh, that led to us meeting in re- real in in person and having sex, and it was quite nice. It was quite sweet. Did I never talk? Can I, I just did I never talk about our... that on the show before? Oh, no, crazy! No, but I just want to take a a brief moment here <sighs> just to show you what is looking over my <laughs> shoulder. Yeah, folks, people want to see this. Oh fuck! This is my very. Vonnegut, 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 look at me. He just now he won't because I'm a little angry. Yeah, if you want to see that, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on where we are uh, publishing our foreplay and and host episode segments uh, for all of our patrons. Um, And on that note, can I say thank you to our most recent patrons just while we we are on that subject? Um, Okay, I hope I'm going to pronounce this right. I was listening to videos just before we started recording, and I've already forgotten. Do you remember it, Jeremy, from the amount of times I said it into the microphone? I thought you were saying, like, Keller, Keller, Till. And I was like, why are you speaking (laughs) horrible French at me? Keller? (laughs) No, it's Kawa. Oh, Kawa. It's a Brazilian name. Mm -hmm. Please please tell me their last name is Bunga. I am not going to be able to find this. No, it's Janini. Uh, Kawa Janini. Oh, Thanks, Jesus. Kawa. That is a f- uh, that is for a, your support. That is a very nice name. Sexy name. That is a sex name for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Kawa um, Janini. Uh, we have some other sexy names. That's what I said. That is that's <laughs> actually I think that's what Sophie. I say when I when I orgasm sometimes. I'm like Kawa Janini. <laughs> uh that's your sexy shout out, Kawa. Uh thank you so much for your support. Um our other sexy friends are Sophie. Thank you, Sophie, and Inga, which is one of my favorite names. Um Kristen, and also some special shout outs to both Ian and Patrick who upped their subscription level. Going back to school means that we could uh, use even more of your Patreon support um, because if, as if anybody uh, listening is a full-time student, you know, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of undertaking it can be to have anything going on on the side. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our dear patrons, past, present, and future. Most who, uh, make this certainly, podcast possible. Yeah. Hey, uh, another interesting thing from that Justin Lane Miller podcast was the, uh, the fact that folks are uh, less inclined to, um, to casually date and more inclined to like find, and and kind of nest with with partners um, long term, and uh, I thought that was really really fascinating, really interesting, and also it was something that it, it it was something that made me kind of think and consider about my own personal life. You know, I've been spending the last like five years pretty actively, um, pretty active in the casual dating kind of mode. Um, uh, yeah, I've had like I've had quite a bit of casual sex, casual encounters, casual partners over the last like five years, and since since uh, Leah and I started dating, it's it's like this is the first time in a long time where I've been I haven't had that 
desire, need, want, interest at all, like not even remotely. And, and after listening to that podcast with Justin Lee Miller, I was like, uh, interesting. I like, I wonder, I just chalked it up to like, you know, uh, you evolve as a human, like this is kind of where I'm at. And I, I really, really love this person. And I don't really have it. Like I don't have any interest in seeing anybody else. But then after listening to the, you know, them talk about it, uh, on the podcast, I was going, Oh wow. I wonder how much COVID actually has like played a role in that in sort of altering or shifting my worldview and, and kind of nudging me in, into a bit of a different direction in the way that I, that I, I feel desire towards certain things, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I actually have no fucking clue. Um, but I just thought it to be really, really fascinating. I found it really fascinating and that 68% of respondents said that they were less likely to cheat. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's like, do you, like, I don't know how you even gauge that, is, that internally. Yeah. Do you think, like, like is does that come from, like, 68% feel like they're less likely to find themselves in a position where they can cheat? No, because I, I think this is about, like, once this is over. I don't know what the survey looked like, but, mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's, like, after this. And I wonder, I wonder if it's a part of this whole commitment piece where people mm-hmm. are sort of realizing more that they, you know, in a world where things can be locked down and you're stuck with whoever you're with, then maybe you want, you want to be more intentional and more committed to yeah. that person. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, you know, I, I, I think I deep know. down we all know that this isn't, this isn't a one-off scenario, you know, like this, this pandemic thing isn't like, Oh, it happened. It'll happen once. And then we won't have to worry about it again. I, you know, I think, I think it's pretty safe to say this is, this will be, this will happen again and again in our lifetime, you know? And and if you're, whether you're thinking that consciously or subconsciously, that's gotta have, that's gotta play a role in, in the way that you think about how you, how you carry yourself, you know, like how you, how you act and react to certain things. So that is, that's, that is very, very fucking fascinating. 51% are more likely to use condoms. Also kind of makes a lot of sense, you know, uh, uh, with COVID spreading around, we've, we've, we've all become much more cautious and careful and aware of the fact that, you know, depending on who we spend our time with, we could unknowingly contract something that we don't want. Uh, and like a baby or an STD, uh, is more so what I was thinking, but yeah, baby too, you know, nobody (laughs) wants to contract a baby if they, if, if they're not ready for it. Um, uh, yeah. And, and so like more, more focus, you know, uh, having more of a, uh, uh, an awareness of like, of, of vaccines and, and like that whole thing, I think has probably made people a little bit more conscientious about like safer sex, you know, how illness, yeah, spreads. How illness exactly. Yeah. yeah. How viruses and illness spread. 
Yeah, another stat on the on there was something like fifty. Uh, it's like fifty three percent of somewhere in the fifties are more likely to cancel a date if they're not feeling well, mm. which is just so interesting because I think the way that I think the way we've thought about not feeling well has changed a little De- bit. Definitely. Like, think about when we were kids and like you, like I went to school unless I was like fainting. Yeah. Sick, yeah. you know, like if I had a runny nose, I was still going. Yeah, to I went to school with strep throat once. <laughs> Your parents should be paying a fine for that yeah. one. Um, but like, right, like that is yeah. th- like, and now we do it. We, I think we maybe we have to be more thoughtful about how we feel physically because yeah. so many folks would just be like, ah, it's nothing, uh, just a hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the the podcast uh, again, Justin Lay Miller. He's he's such a great host. It was a really interesting conversation. And um, if you haven't listened to the episode that that we had Justin Lay Miller on, highly suggest you go check it out because he was he he's really really fascinating and fun to talk to. Um, but also even more so, go check out his podcast because it is it truly is great. It was you will learn. Mm-hmm. A yeah, lot. you're gonna learn a fuck and, lo- load uh, more like the, there I than we'll hear. But we'll show you where the information is. We'll point uh, you to the good right, stuff. That's right. Uh, that's what we yeah. do. <laughs> but there is a really great, uh, yeah, so much great content on there that's like different than mm. stuff I've heard anywhere else. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, are we gonna are, are we gonna get ready to throw to today? Yeah, is that where you're yeah, going? that's where I'm going. This yeah. lag is killing me. Um, uh, or do you want to say so- anything else before I do? Well, uh, sure. Yes. Um, so our guest is Mistress Eva O, and sh- we're talking about what it is to be a dominatrix um, for her, anyhow. And in the research that I was doing, um, I got to, I just kind of got curious about like what's the history of dominating like dominatrixes Drixi. And, uh, so I went to Wikipedia, which is like where you go. And there were just a couple of things that I thought were, were really interesting. Mm. So the, 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 okay. So I, I don't know. I honestly, I didn't get to the bottom of, of the history of this, but there was this book that, um, I just thought had such a rad title that came out in the early 1800s that was sort of like um like a a sneaky uh pornography and it was called Ooh. fashionable lectures okay and this was the subtitle composed and delivered with birch discipline by the following and many other beautiful ladies who have filled with universal approbation the characters of mother, stepmother, governess, lady's maid, kept mistress, housekeeper, etc., etc. That's the subtitle. Lady's maid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came across this really uh, uh, rad lady um, named Catherine Rowe. Rob Grillet, she's she's from France. She's from Paris, France. She's 90 years old. Um, and she is a French writer, 
dominatrix, photographer, theater, and film actress um, who lives with her 51-year-old um, companion, um, Beverly Charpentier. I know that's probably not how you pronounce Carpentier in French. Um, Charpentier. So she... Yeah, exactly. She so I just I thought she was kind of rad. She's also never accepted any payment for her sessions. Wow. Um yeah, what did she oh, fuck, I lost it, but there's this great there's this very succinct uh quote of hers that is about why she does not take any money. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh la 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 la. Yeah, I probably can't find it now, but you can look her up on the internet. 90 years old. There's photos of her. She looks like a small, a petite nun. Um, and I don't know. I I just feel like maybe there's something in there that is uh, the future of me. Okay, so she says, if someone pays, then they are in charge. I need to remain free. It is important that everyone involved knows that I do it solely for my pleasure. Whoa. That is a, uh, that is a liberated individual. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah me very too. cool. Well, this conversation with uh, Eva O was uh, truly a delight. Uh, really, really lovely guest and someone who is uh who is seemingly just absolutely fucking killing it in her uh in her profession um and uh we'll we'll let this one ride all the way out uh so we won't see on the other side but uh if you liked this uh episode and this conversation and if you like what's coming uh please remember to hit the follow button subscribe uh leave a rating and a review on iTunes uh you know, follow us, uh, go over to patreon.com slash turn me on and give us, uh, some of your, some of your hard earned dollars. Let us fin dom you. Um, and, uh, and if you want to reach out, you can always do that. Turn me on podcast. Just give us your credit card information. That's right. Just give it, just give us the CC, the expiry date and the, uh, the, the, the security number on the back. Okay. Uh, and again, we hope you enjoy this conversation with Eva. Oh, she was fucking awesome. Uh, this is fucking awesome. And you're all fucking awesome. So thank you all so much. And, uh, Brady, I guess I will see you when I see you. Oh, babe. Take care out there, everybody. And don't forget to go touch yourself. It's May Masturbation Month. Nice. Here we all are, sitting down in our <laughs> humble abodes, wherever we may be. Um, I'm really excited to be speaking with our guest, Eva O, today. Um, mostly because uh, I, not to say that this happens all the time, but every so often, 
I come into these recordings without knowing a goddamn thing. And uh, Bridie was so uh, so kind as to text me a couple of links this morning. And over my morning coffee, uh, I was checking out some of the work you do, Eva. And boy, oh boy, you do a lot of work. Uh, it seems like you're all over the fucking planet doing the work that you do. <laughs> uh, why don't you give our, our listeners a little, uh, a brief little introduction and rundown on what it is that you've been doing uh, for the last X amount of years of your life? Mm. Well, like all of us, last year I was not doing too much. (laughs) (laughs) I I was um, stuck in Bali, which is a great place to be stuck, to be frank. Mm -hmm. And still tinkering away on the things that I do online. But for the most part, normally I'm floating around and I see my BDSM slaves, yes, around the world. Right now I'm back in New York for the first time in over a year, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Um, but when it comes to online stuff, I run an online BDSM training platform called youwillpleaseme.com, which is like a bunch of courses to do with how I like to be served. I have a little project called T-Kink where I, I guess, chit chat to other dominatrices or people in the industry in the kink world. And also something called the Safe Word Podcast, where we talk about BDSM um, with my podcast co-host, Dirk Cooper. So, yeah, I think that's what I'm mostly up to that I can remember. Amazing. Yeah. So <clears throat> the, the thing that I thought was really was really cool. And, and again, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I from what I gathered as a dominatrix, um, you you aren't one that that is kind of hunkered down to just one place, but you actually mm-hmm. like travel. I mean, COVID restrictions uh, mm. uh, aside, you travel <laughs> the world as a dominatrix um, mm-hmm. in between certain specific cities. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, COVID. Uh, I'm, I've had that nose swab so many times that my eyes don't even water anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, that thing again. But no, so I have people, I guess my best sub slaves right now are in Switzerland, where I'm going after this, um, New York and Sydney at the moment. But usually what happens is that I float around to different events like the German fetish ball and I tell everybody to come to me and I will spend like days at a time together. They'll be just helping me do what I need to do or we might spend some nights in a dungeon or something like this. <clears throat> Yeah. Might just might spend some nights in casually. <laughs> as as one does. As one does. They're good. They're great in Berlin. So you know. Uh yeah, I I, I we've never been, but uh we, we hear more and more about uh about Berlin mm-hmm. the more conversations we have. Um it's a whole different culture over there sexually, as, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the our content is concerned. I'm wondering, do you think that no swabbing will make um uh, make it into the list of uh, of things that slaves will want done oh, to yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> the medical procedure list is going to extend from enemas to nose swabbing. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> totally. Oh yeah, yeah, head to tail. There you go. I didn't even think nose <laughs> to tail. <laughs> Eva, I'm I'm curious to to know about the like your origin story. Like how mm. how did you how did you end up where you are? Um, and, and is this something that, is it something that was kind of just by happenstance or, or did you kind of, uh, 
you know, strategically have this this lifestyle in mind at at an earlier age and kind of strive for it? Like the kink lifestyle or? I mean, life as a, as a dominatrix or, mm. you know, life in the world of BDSM and, mm. and, you know, being so entrenched in, in that world of, yeah. of pain, pleasure, intimacy, um, bossiness. <laughs> <laughs> laughter. Um, grand laughter. So I had no concept <laughs> zero uh, before I entered this professionally. Mm. So I just dived right in. So what happened was that I'd gone through a few different um, industries, things from performing arts to I worked with the UN for a little while doing humanitarian work. And also, you know, I did random contract work that was in research-based stuff. But what really kind of tipped me into thinking about moving here was I was in this corporate agency and it was um, strategic consulting, basically. And it was, yeah, it was extremely commercial and very much about the bottom line. And Mm. before I used to be able to dip in and out of contracts and that was, you know, I got to take the best from it in a way. But when I was in that environment, I was every day was just about that number and it really started to wear me down. It wasn't really aligned with where my heart was, I guess. And so I thought, what am I going to do? And actually, a few years before, uh, an ex of mine mentioned that I would make a good dominatrix. And I had no concept of what that was. I knew the word. I sort of had a visual, but I really didn't follow it up. But then when that corporate life kind of made me, like, squeezed me to the point where I don't want to be here anymore, I kind of just threw it into Google. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I found a dungeon in Sydney, where I was at the time, and they were looking for apprentice mistresses. And that was 10 years ago now. <laughs> yeah. so. What, what personal... I, sorry, go like, ahead, Brian. <laughs> go ahead. <clears throat> what, what, what personality sort of qualities are mm. important to have in this, in this, in this, in this, in this role as a dominatrix? And, and were those things you had already seen sort of manifest in your life in other ways? always been quite an assertive communicator in terms of what I want, whether that was sexually or just in a, within a relationship and what I expect of somebody else. And for me, that was just the way that I communicated. But I think that's what my partner picked up on. Mm. Um, so that is very helpful, I think, in life, <laughs> but also for this. In terms of things that are, the thing is the way that you can practice can be so wide ranging but probably some level of self-awareness in terms of what you're looking for will help the job be more sustainable. But to be frank, that's applicable to anything as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to like it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was it, you know, back, back, just kind of rewinding back to that time where you, you scour Google and came across this dungeon mm. when you took that, that, that leap forward into um, into apprenticeship uh, was it something that you was it one of those things that you picked up kind of quickly and and you you sort of like knew then and there like oh this is this is right up my alley or or was there or did a bit, you have a, bad days where you went home from the dungeon and you were like <laughs> I don't know if I'm cut out 
yeah, this line yeah. of work. Nobody's ever <laughs> asked me that question. That's an interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting thought because no, I've never thought that. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good quality to have. As yeah, a yeah. I don't think I, I mean, but truly, though, like, I don't think I would have the I don't think I would if I was in your shoes, I don't think I would have the the uh, the personal um, uh, confidence. I don't, I don't think I would have I'm too insecure. I think I would be like I would be judging myself far too much to be able to like to mm-hmm. feel like I I need more of this assertion. This is this is what I need in my life. The thing is, I have so much fun. And right. even if my skill level, you know, when I first started was quite weak, <laughs> I still had a lot of fun and I laughed and I smiled and I felt joy like I never had the opportunity to feel before. It was like mm. the perfect vessel for the kind of joy that whatever, however I'm configured to have. And so that made me feel like, you know, sure, there's some things that could improve, but you're so happy. So just improve it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You you've said you said earlier. Um, uh, I, I, uh, uh, oh, I forget how you worded it, but you said laughter earlier. You used the mm. word la- laughter's come up a, a, a mm. several times now. Mm-hmm. Um, does does this does this like this quality of of laughter, uh, um, you know, fearlessness and laughter? Like, does this does this seep its way into your your work with your clients? Does it? You know, are you are you finding moments to laugh? How does laughter play into the the world and and work of a dominatrix? You know, people are always surprised at how much I laugh or how much I mention that word. But that is just you know, it's such a predominant feature in session. Also, I I, I speak a lot within session. I use my words constantly, and I'm constantly kind of breaking down what's happening in them. And a lot of my work has to do with. Uh, what I consider as just normal observation, but what the world of this has taught me is humiliation and degradation. Mm, <laughs> and so mm. I find the statements that I come up with hilarious. Right. And I find my joy uh, ecstatic. And so that's just the expression of what ends up happening within session. Yeah. And people always say, does it not throw it off? And maybe it throws some subs off, but they're probably not going to follow along with me. Whereas the ones that I do have, they really appreciate that they feel, you know, laughed at or that I'm happy. Right. Yeah. See, I feel like that's where my, my confidence would. So when I play, when I put this um, idea in my head of, of stepping into a role, like the role mm-hmm. that you, you do, mm-hmm. I imagine those moments of like being assertive, but inside quietly just being like, Oh my God, are they buying this? Are, oh. it, is, am I selling this? And then, let's say I never see that person again, what I would, (laughs) how Mm -hmm. embarrassed I would feel at having put myself out there in that way and have it not be successful. Right. Yeah. And so, but, but correct me if I'm wrong, I get the sense from sort of listening to some conversations that you've had on your podcast and in other interviews that it is vulnerable it is a vulnerable place, not only for the slave, but also for the dom. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could s- speak about that. Because I feel like that's probably where some of that laughter comes from, is yeah. those is, ex- is sort of exposing your, your real self in there a little bit with your humor and then letting yeah. it live in the space that you're creating. Mm, vulnerability. I think that I am... Um, 
very close to it and I've always been close to it and that has inspired a space of playfulness it kind of like vulnerability and playfulness works very well together for me maybe for everybody mm-hmm. and so I th- but actually I think when you when you're speaking about this self-consciousness and being um, quite harsh on yourself about things I think that I do have that to a certain extent but maybe it's from the culture that I come from as well as the fact that I I did practice a lot of vipassana meditation for for a while mm-hmm. uh, I think there's this thing where I'm observing myself rather than necessarily like torturing myself with the mm. thought I observe that thought and I'm like oh you don't have to torture yourself with that thought <laughs> so it's like I have like two uh, minds in mm-hmm. in a sense and so they can kind of comfort and support each other as opposed to just criticizing an own self and I think that's probably very helpful um and does that help with yes because you know it's like it's a support system within me <laughs> in a sense so vulnerability <laughs> will always have somewhere to land and I guess that that must be helpful also Mm. But I, I really don't think too much about it normally. Normally, you know, they are this object that is giving me all of this information and I am playing with it. And that's that's kind of how it is for me. That's yeah. <laughs> my play thing. <laughs> I don't think of it too, too much more seriously than that. I might have to do like an aftercare and break it down and to watch them so that I don't push things. Uh, in too wrong of a direction Mm. but aside from that and my concern around that I don't think I'm thinking about myself too much Mm. how how delicate is that line of of uh of of like challenging people's um sort of boundaries and and like with with power dynamics and, and and things like that is it is it is there a lot of I'm not familiar with the process um, is there a lot of communication like before the session so that you, you as the, as the, you know, the host, the, 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 the dominatrix has a, has a sort of catalog in front of you of like, okay, these are the things, these are the parameters in which I'm going, I know <clears throat> where I can, where they will feel comfortable with me playing or, or is it sometimes, you know, like improv jazz where you're just. <laughs> seeing seeing where the seeing where the melody goes it's absolutely <laughs> improv jazz <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's the name of this episode <laughs> <laughs> if only they could see the video and i can do the things yeah. but um so that line is where i love to play but it's a very dangerous line and not everybody likes to play with it but for me, that's where the thrill is, the edge is in myself and in other people and that tension and it makes it very exciting for me. But it's very dangerous because <laughs> just mm. like by saying a word in slightly the wrong tone or putting them in a position that, you know, triggers something, even just a color or the sensation when they're in a vulnerable space, it's really it can be so powerful and it can be a lot that we all need to kind of wind back from and come come mm. back from. Nowadays, I run things, so I have relationships and I'll spend days, weeks, however long with them, as opposed to just an hour, two hours here and there. And so I really get to know somebody and what they might be triggered and what they look like when they're about to reach that edge. Mm. So I have that benefit. 
But when I was in the dungeon, like in the BDSM dungeon, you meet somebody off of the street, they come into the waiting room, they tell you what they're interested in, whether that's like certain kinks and what the hard limits are. And then you say, this is your safe word. And, blah, blah, blah. and so there's a, a big negotiation that help, that happens beforehand. And when I used to tour in that kind of format, sometimes I would do that for 45 minutes. You know, We would talk about where they came from, why they're interested in things. And that's all material also that you can use for the session. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then you kind of have your safe word and you have that time and you start to wind down them out of that space. And then you do like your little aftercare segment where you might bring them up as when they've only been like on the ground where you might bring them a glass of water when before it was only them giving you things to try to like even them back out into the mm -hmm. world again. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge process and it can really tip people over the edge and I definitely have and it's really complicated in those scenarios. But um, it's what does the after What does the aftercare look like in those complex situations where it's like maybe, maybe it has kind of gone overboard a little bit? When it has gone overboard... Then and there, sometimes like very tight, um, like skin contact can mm. can be very helpful. So like co-regulation type yeah. techniques. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or <clears throat> like talking about it also, like, I, like how I do with myself, like remove, let's observe this scenario. Mm. Um, yeah. And I mean, I do that every time but that needs to happen in a particular way also sometimes it might bring up something to the point where i need to find them like a, a kink friendly therapist <laughs> mm, yeah right yeah um and it's about maintaining contact and making sure that they have the support systems around them mm. yeah turn me on podcast we'll be back after this short break Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah. 
And that's interesting that you said that about about like king friendly therapists. Because another thing that I've I've sort of wondered is, um, Bridie and I both are we we've both um, been entrenched in a in a pretty uh, large and tight knit yoga community. And Bridie was facilitating yoga teacher trainings for for a number of years uh, in this community. And um, one of the things that I noticed from, and Bridie, you know, step in if you, if you disagree, but one of the things that I, I was noticed, just Googling, I was just looking up the word of entrenched to see if you used it correctly, but that's fine. Did, oh, did I? Can you, can yeah, you oh, correct? I, I oh, think great. to me, it has like a negative connotation, but I don't, <laughs> oh, oh, you were, sorry. you were, you were engulfed. You were, you were, it was, I mean, it was your life. It was your life for, I was a enslaved. You were, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's also a positive for some people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so you were a slave to this yoga community and, um, <laughs> And, and one of the, and, and I was, I was, you know, I was at a lot of these trainings with you. And one of the things that I noticed at these trainings was unbeknownst to some of the trainees, um, it, it's, it seemed like from an outsider's perspective that a lot of them were showing up and realizing once they got there that this, (laughs) this one month long training of, of being in this place every single day for 60 people, 60 people, no personal space. Yeah. It it became it became the therapy that they never went out and got. It became the th- it became and that we were not qualified to deliver. Oh no! Yeah, exactly. No one's qualified to deliver it. But it, but it, but but to them, it was like this is my therapy, and so and so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to view it like that, and I'm going to approach it like that as a as a form of therapy. So why am I saying all this? Well. It makes me wonder if um, do you, have you ever have you ever noticed or have you ever run into a scenario where you see one of your clients, um, and and noticing that like oh this is like this is their form of therapy like to you to you you are their therapist to them right like they're coming to you seeking therapy through the means of what you what you can give them unbeknownst to themselves that, you know, this is actually the the process that they're they're going through. Like, do you ever see it that way or? I think like any social connection and uh, space of acceptance, it's probably therapeutic. However, I would never claim that it's therapy. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Unless you're a trained therapist and somehow you're managing to integrate that into your practice, then great. Then you can get your insurance to pay for your massage. (laughs) There's a business model. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I know some, some, there's a lot of doctors actually and nurses who do what um, I do. There's some philosophy PhD. Yeah, there's some, there's some. some, Yeah, maybe we'll pitch that the next time we (laughs) finally can gather. (laughs) I, I I have a question. Correct. Is this a stereotype that the people who are drawn to being um, dominated um, are like generally very powerful people who want to experience a loss of control or someone else being in charge? Mm-hmm. That's that's um, what I've heard. I think that happens. And now because of the price point that I charge, that's what I see quite often. However, when I was in the dungeon and sessions would start at 130, then it was quite wide ranging. It was really no stereotypical demographic. Mm. Yeah. Aside from the fact that it was a lot of men as opposed to having women in the audience. Yeah. So, 
Hmm. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that that's a feature. The reason I asked yeah. that is just because of COVID, really, and mm. the lot the the feeling that so many of us ha- mm. are experiencing of loss of control, and mm. and wondering <laughs> if um, more people would be drawn to being dominated now than before, mm. because it gives some sense of a container for which they they can they don't have to try to control things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it could be the inverse where they total gravitate towards trying to have control over something you can. Yeah. Yeah, whether that be a person in a moment in time or, yeah, systems or otherwise. You um, you just brought up the uh, the price point. And I, I know mm. we wanted to talk a little bit about like monetizing intimacy or these mm. experiences that you're having. And um, just what's your perspective on on that. It sounds like you have some long-term relationships with, with mm-hmm. slaves. So how, how does all that play? Yeah, I guess I, I don't get the opportunity to talk about that too much. And that's why when you asked what we might want to chat about, I kind of was like, oh, I don't really, I haven't really thought about that. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be the first time that I'm giving it proper thought. Um, what do I feel about monetizing like this sense of intimacy and relationship? maybe is that is that the question yeah um I think that everything is an exchange and I am just making it uh quite clear with a with a number mm-hmm. <laughs> every relationship you know has um a payoff from this end and that end and yeah and so I don't think it's any different really it's just that I have a number as opposed to these are the other needs that maybe I which I have also <laughs> but I I guess uh, for me money helps necessitate a sense of security that I really enjoy having and so the fact that people are ready to give that to me and uh, answer the numbers that I, make me feel like I've so my energy in general is can be quite limited and I can be quite intense in how I give it and I feel like that needs to have somebody giving back uh, in in equal um, amount whether that's in how intense they are as well and if they don't bring those challenges on an intellectual level or on an emotional level um, I tend to compensate in other ways I can be adaptable (laughs) and one of those ways is money. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, yeah, that's kind of how I see it as well. Do you do any sort of financial domination or is that sort of its own thing? I would say that financial domination, FinDom has evolved to a place where it's very online based in the, in popular culture, at least where it's online based and it's very transactional. There's some, the term fuck you pay me right <laughs> so it's like fuck you just give me two hundred dollars now and i'm going to degrade you for a moment maybe and however the way that i have always practiced it and i didn't realize it was always like i have everybody's credit cards on my app so i don't pay for anything i have them buying me houses i have them giving me shares in their companies so that in essence, they're working for me all the time, you know? And so it's like, it's a psychological interaction 
that I have, I've used money to create that bond <laughs> between myself and my subs uh, over time. And I think that people consider that financial domination as well. Mm-hmm. However, it's uh, maybe not what is known in popular culture. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, speaking to the, the, the monetization of, of intimacy, the monetization of relationships and, and the work that you do, I, I like, where do you, where do you begin? Where do you begin with that? Like, who is it? Who are, who are your teachers? You know, like you, you seem, it seems like you've, you've really, uh, you're really nailing it and, and like, kind of like at the top of your game. And so (laughs) like, what, what, um, you know, yeah. Like, like, did you have, did you have, um, did you have role models that really, yeah. Mentors that sort of pushed you in that direction of, of, how to end up where you are now because it, it it is quite impressive. Oh, uh, I think we lost your audio. Can you hear us? I heard I heard I, something like I heard, a, yeah, I heard like a little I heard like a little pop. I don't know if the uh maybe try, unplug your headphones and plug them back in. Unplug them and plug them back in. Yeah, try that. And then uh and then maybe yeah, and then maybe if you can still hear us. Um, just, uh, where, where you select your audio yes. source. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah. We got you we back. Go. We got you. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so as I was saying, mom <laughs> is probably my number one, uh, resource because of how supportive, uh, she's always been and oh. how, yeah. And how adaptable she's always been and how, She's always challenged me to experience the world uh, creatively and critically. I would say that that has probably set me up in so many ways to succeed in this and many other, mm. in many other ways. Um, but that's that's a great foundation. But of course, of course, I mean, you gather inspiration from the world around you, but specifically within this industry, I think. Obviously, on individual levels, people have inspired me just by how they operate. However, I think the system of sex work in that people understand that you can monetize this uh, time, this action, this intimacy probably taught me the most. You know, it taught me how to value my time more than than I was able to comprehend before, actually. So I Mm. think that's probably been the biggest like eye-opening thing for me and I've just kind of finessed it from there but I mean all the mistresses were very terrifying in the BDSM (laughs) dungeon in in a glorious way because they took no shit and it was just amazing to see a group of women take zero shits from anybody (laughs) because that doesn't actually happen often enough I, I feel and to witness that was very inspiring and to witness how I was also escorting uh, when I first was in the dungeon and to see how the the woman who owned my agency, who was also, who still escorts Christine McQueen, how she ran her business and was just constantly innovating and had the energy and the passion and the creative drive for it. Yeah. And how she worked also with like such energy. I think she was and she, she still is a huge resource. Yeah. 
an inspiration mm. for me. So workers, definitely, and different uh, women in business, as well as, yeah, the solidity that is my mother. <laughs> yeah. That's really nice to hear that you're... <clears throat> that your mom is, uh, is so supportive and that, and that, and that that's been like a, you know, a big, a big uh, part of your foundation. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, Bridie, go ahead. Yeah. I, I cut you off there. Well, I just, I'm curious about how long you worked in the dungeon, um, before, like how long did you work for other people where if I, I assume that there was like, if you were working in a dungeon, you'd get so much per mm -hmm. session and then the others would go to the, the rest of it would go to like whoever is running the, the dungeon, the house. Um, how long did you do that before you struck out on your own? Um, so it used to be that you would get 60% the house would get 40%, um, which was actually pretty good because they did a lot of things. But I was with them until they closed. So that was about a year and a half in. And I would probably, would I still be there? I would have stayed much longer probably. There was a lot more to learn <laughs> right. still. Yeah. But, but I had to, I had to leave. Yeah. Unfortunately they had been in business for 40 years and they were just over it. They were over it. <laughs> the property price was incredible. And, you know, I guess it became just, you know, we either sell this property for $6 million or we deal with these bitches <laughs> for 20 more years. We love them, but man, they're, yeah. <laughs> what is continuing education like for oh, someone yeah, in your role? Yeah. yeah. So what could I have learned more? Just having that like network around you as you were learning was so beneficial for me. You learn so much faster and it's just, you make mistakes and people point them out, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very useful. Whereas once I went out on my own, you just, I had to deal with these clients. Also, there was the buffer of the receptionist. I never had to deal with, oh, they're a jerk. Let's just kick them out. You know, that was always the receptionist's job. Now I have to like understand that this kind of language means it's going to be this kind of exchange and I don't want anything to do with that. But it took mm -hmm. a lot to get to that stage. So, so yeah, a year and a half continuing education. <laughs> and I, what, what, what would that be? It would be like, client relationship management or <laughs> yeah, right. uh, yeah and and obviously skilling up so uh, you can do all those courses on your own but when you are in a facility and you have access to all this equipment all the time that costs you know hundreds of thousands of dollars it's just you don't have access to that as a as a younger dumb so yeah it's it's a lot of things there's no real there's some people who've tried to do courses but there's definitely no standardized <laughs> certification <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> there's so no like yeah. trauma informed doming yeah. ah yeah no 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 there's definitely workshops on okay. that cool yeah. and there's a lot of like my closest um well, I don't know if she thinks it, but I really like her. It's <laughs> just blood in New York. Um, yeah, she's not in public health also, and she does a lot of workshops around that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so do, there's lots There's lots to know. Do you get to, do you ever get to a point where you have to like close your books? You know, like, like you've got, where you've got too much on your plate and, oh, yeah. and you, you, you just, you know, I, okay, I'm going to stick with the, the clientele that I have right now can't take on any more, any more new, uh, new patronage. Mm, that's kind of where I am right now, but I just, 
I'm aware because of how long I've been in this that people do come and go. It doesn't matter how entrenched, enslaved <laughs> they yeah, look. <laughs> they will always come and go for whatever reasons, you know. And so it's not about this is it. It's um, it's about let's keep one channel open, but let's make that channel very narrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my applications process is very hard to find. Number one. And then there's a lot of questions to do with me as opposed to them. Is that on purpose? Hard to find? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what, yeah. why, what's, what, for what reason? Just, just um, to, just to, again, narrow down the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, like the influx of, of potential clients. Yeah. Okay. Correct. And I do that. Um, I, I target like my SEO to certain markets. So whether that's in certain places like Singapore or Hong Kong and Shanghai, which is where they are, um, because that is generally the region that I prefer to operate in. Mm. And those are financial centers also. So they're going to be able to pay what I am looking for. Mm. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of why I do my target. And a lot of the times I don't get people in those cities, but I get people traveling. And so I really need that travel element. Also, they need to be mobile, you know, mm-hmm. to keep up with what I what I need. Mm-hmm. And so it's I made those decisions to go to those spaces in an SEO sense for those reasons. And then the uh, the large application form is so that they understand that this is about me and it's not about them because I found over time that this is not the dynamic that I'm interested in. I don't need <laughs> to hear about you. <laughs> You're there to be useful. Yeah to me and then um obviously the price point is also another thing right (laughs) yeah that's going to be a huge limiter also Mm -hmm. yeah and so that's how i've kept my sanity (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah, because if i did have an average um rate i i yeah it's just not possible that's also why i started youwillpleaseme.com because i just have all of this traffic and i just don't know where to put them you know and so Mm. that's kind of was the inspiration for it but actually, that sometimes brings me people in my real-time sense also because they get to know me so intimately through this site. Mm. And that can translate quite well. Yeah. Is cool. that is that BDSM training for doms or for slaves? Mm-mm. Well, a lot of doms do subscribe because I guess it, how I operate teaches them something. Mm. But for the most part, it's courses like foot worship, 101. So basically, I teach them how I like them to rub my foot, what kind of cream that I like to buy for my foot, (laughs) what I need them to, where I need them to sit when they're going to be respectful to my feet. You know, so there's stuff like that. But then there's also stuff like um, how to be mine is like one of the core courses. And that goes through my slave contract. So things like what I expect of you financially, what I expect of you in terms of time, how I want you to be thinking. And yeah, mm. it exposes them to sections of the contract and explains them basically. And yeah, so it's it's a it's a deep dive into how I operate. Yeah, oh, that's must course, vet right. so many people. That yeah. would be so helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Can you tell us a little more about uh, tea kink? I'm I'm really curious uh, to know like what that's all about and how yeah, that me works. Too. Yeah. So maybe a couple of Christmas ago. Pre-pandemic, <laughs> um, uh, I was in I London. Yeah. yeah, 
sharing tea, you know, liquid <laughs> with another human, with a dominatrix. She was kind enough to invite me over for Christmas and I poured her a tea ceremony. I traveled with the kit and um, it was the first time I had poured for somebody. Normally it's like a personal process for me. And she was so happy, you know, she was just so thrilled by that the exchange and it kind of clicked with something that was happening at the time for me because I was fairly new to social media then when I was getting kicked off, you know, I have had this right. thing erased that. and I thought, okay, this is really banal, <laughs> but yet I am having a nice exchange with somebody. Maybe this could be something that I could bring into social media that I actually do enjoy that would keep me afloat. <laughs> so actually it was like a reaction to, um, censorship in a lot of ways mm. and just using something that seemed so you know really normal or very tame in my life to facilitate my presence in the wider world where mm -hmm. I'm often censored yeah and it turned into a little bit of a series and now I'm actually shooting an episode in in New York where I'm going to follow a couple of different people in the kink scene doing different things and uh, yeah, and I have a little event next Tuesday also, which will be filmed. So it's evolved into like a little creative project to yeah, keep me out there. Very the fun. And like the, you know, the, the conversations that are had over tea, mm. um, is, it, is it quite a wide variety of, of topics that you, that you end up discussing? Mm. Or, or is, it, is it mostly like, you know, the foundation of, of talking about kink, BDSM? that world yeah so a lot of the point of that was also to demystify i mean the, the whole reason why you know i'm talking to you why i do these podcasts and why i talk to press as much as i do is yeah sure it's useful for business but for it's also because i'm very frustrated with the things like the censorship and things like mm. the marginalization that i've had to experience personally and that i see so many people suffer through and it's a way to kind of break down what I do to make it, you know, maybe a little bit more acceptable, understood in society. Mm. And it's grand goals and tiny, you know, little fun projects to kind of try to achieve them. But I think that that is a lot of what I do. And so when it comes to any conversation, it's just about making somebody look like, you know, another human, which they are. They're, they're very fascinating people, but these are their motivations and we talk about how they may be started, what they're, why they, you know, started a certain place space, what it is about their background in chef that they can bring into their work now, just whatever. Mm. Just the things that make them people. I watched a couple of yeah. them. I, I yeah. really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm any sort of ceremony <laughs> or ritual. Mm. I find I mm. I feel so captivated by and so intrigued by and I think that the ceremony and ritual play are I heard someone I don't remember who it was actually but it, I was listening to a radio interview recently where someone was talking about ritual as play like that rich if you have a ritual mm. they, they were talking about teaching their kids about death mm. and that that even that could mm. be taught um having a ritual around death could 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 be playful. Um, and oh. yeah, I think what, what you've made with T-Kink or what you're at, what you're, what you're doing with T-Kink, I find so creative and so inspiring. Mm. And I love hearing that 
that you really enjoy doing it because as someone who doesn't really enjoy social media either, mm. the idea that the thought of like putting out content just to have for content's sake, mm. um, is just really soul sucking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. And also I do, um, I mean, people have heard about it over time and people now bring me to pour ceremony for them. Like in real life. Cool. And um, we talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> That's also. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's also that aspect to it. So it's, yeah, it's also a nice way to, you know, claim my tea stuff on tax returns. I wanted to hold I wanted to hold back I wanted to hold back earlier I was like man I really just want to ask her how much of a fucking mess tax season is for her <laughs> to, to traveling the world doing this work and having you know it, it just uh, yeah. yeah I can't imagine I, th- I think I think my tax season is a nightmare I, I can't imagine yeah <laughs> my my very my accountant is actually somebody who used to session with me I, so, I, I, and then I yeah. had that thought where I went, nah, she's, that, she's probably got an accountant that she's worked with. It's, yeah. it, it just works out. Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, Eva, this has been really fun. Can, what's, what's next for you? What are you, what are you up to now? You know, like, I, I mean, COVID's kind of flipped everything upside mm. down, but, but uh, you seem to be just chugging along here. And it, I'm really, again, like yeah. I just, I, I, I'm so impressed. I, I'm yeah. I'm really stoked on the work that you do. What's what's next for you? What uh what can our our listeners anticipate coming up in the future? <laughs> I was about to say things that they're probably not interested in. Like I'm getting my vaccine and then I want to hug people. Yeah, I I think everybody's interested in that right now. That's what everyone wants. And I want to share a drink and mm-hmm. not feel like I'm insulting somebody or making them feel pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things mm-hmm. like this. I don't know. That's I, I think it's really hard for me to think about like real goal, business goals or whatever next, mm. you know? I just want to get back to being able to love people like I can express could have expressed it before and I think mm. maybe once that's settled then I can think about what ambition is again but for now yeah, we, are, we are yeah, <laughs> we are in quite a bit a bit of a limbo right now it's 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 yeah. a it's a surreal bizarre space to be in oh yeah I do have some things I'm halfway through a memoir that's oh, pretty wow. big I guess that's, that's awesome yeah, that's amazing <laughs> like oh that thing that also COVID <laughs> was not so bad for yeah so that's been an interesting experience um and it's written in a pretty conversational style to try to make it quite approachable um yeah just these tea kink episodes i want to try to do one in london and maybe one in hong kong later then that'll be fun um i'm gonna be on like a couple little tv series things in asia i can't really talk about those yet okay um, that's exciting yeah, there's stuff that's happening, but that's mm-hmm. not at the forefront of my mind, you know. Yeah. And I guess maybe in general, it also never really is. It's kind of, it's really keeps me creative and interested and engaged and it gives me a bit of a purpose. But for the most part, yeah, I'm just happy just laughing with my slaves. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that's it. the title of the episode. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. What was it. the other one? Um, I think improv jazz, but I oh, think I right, like right, I, I think right. I like laughing with my slaves uh, is probably uh, the, the winner. Yeah. 
Well, Eva, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, your schedule to sit down and chat with us. This has been really fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I hope I get to meet you someday. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Where are you? Uh, We're in we're in Halifax, Halifax. Nova Scotia. Yeah, up in up in Canada. Okay, there might be a handful of really wealthy people here who are oh, interested in there are <laughs> yeah they're definitely on holiday yeah. it's beautiful yeah. there right it is it's yeah, pretty it's, beautiful it's okay. quite it's yeah. quite special yeah one day maybe they'll let me in again someday someday <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.